The 506th edition of the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Play Underdogs, pick them for a chance to win 100 times your entry. Promo code SGPN at underdogfantasy.com for a 100% deposit match. We're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. And finally, we're brought to you by the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. Enter their free Daytona 500 contest for a chance to win $100 cash and $100 SGPN gift card at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Daytona. Heidi Ho, Generinos, welcome to episode 506 of the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. This one's going out to one of our friends on YouTube, Thomas Porcorny, who sent us greetings from Czech Republic, and he enjoys our Octagon coverage. So thank you, Thomas. I'm one of your host, Jeff Chalks Fox. Not Octagon this episode. It's going to be UFC. And um, just for the record, Gumby messed up the ad reads at the starting, and you're not going to hear it because he's editing it, but I need to let you know because it's not fair that he gets to edit, and he leaves all my screw-ups in, in the episode. So there you go. Um, let's bring him in to talk some UFC 298. It's one and only Gumby Vreeland. Hello. You know, in the future, if you want to pick out your ad reads, you're welcome to edit it for me. <laughs> yeah. Nope. So, live uh, is, live <laughs> is better. The fans enjoy the live ad reads, so. They shall yeah. get them live. They well, shall they'll, hear me get, limes instead of lines. <laughs> they'll get my chopped up ones where I don't accidentally say the wrong name of the website. So, uh, right. yeah. Yeah, that's what we're working with. <laughs> so we, we got some Czech Republic fans. Got me fans all over the world. It's good to see. It is good to see. Uh, we've actually, you know, and I know we've mentioned this a couple of times. Those of you hitting up our regional coverage, thank you so much. Um, if you're hitting up this episode, you're probably in the minority of people who listen to us. Uh, <laughs> just do me a favor and just click the subscribe button. The bosses love when you click the subscribe button and you don't even have to turn alerts on if you want. So it affects your life almost not at all. Uh, and it makes our life better. So if you like us and you want to see more of us and you want uh, our families and our bosses to be happy, just go ahead and I think it's like right here. That's like right down right there. Click the subscribe button. Click that button. Um, yeah, our top 10 most viewed videos are all regional stuff on yeah. YouTube. Mostly, I think the top two LFA. are both LFA. Yeah. No, Cage Warrior snuck into, snuck into second place. So uh one, two, three, four, five, six cage, six LFA events, uh, including last last week's was or this hasn't happened yet, has it? It's this Friday, right? No, that or was, was, last, that was last week. That was last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, last week's. Yep. Yeah. So anyhow, that one did very good. So thank you everyone for um, being into the regional stuff because uh, we enjoy doing it. That will be Monday when the UFC runs. We will at least get you. Uh, we'll get you at least one regional event uh, coverage on Monday. Sometimes you sometimes even get a bonus episode because. Uh, because you people are enjoying it. So anyhow, this one is about the big, boring UFC yawn. Um, so yesterday we went through the prelims. If you haven't listened to that, go back an episode. You can get our seven prelim picks. We did disagree on a couple of them. Um, I found a few dogs in that one, but this card, um, pretty chalky for me, Gumby, the main main portion. Yeah, it was pretty chalky for me too. Um, yeah. couple, they want to give away our really... pick right off the bat, but yeah, chalky. A couple I don't really love the odds on, but but... Yeah, yeah. Uh, a little bit cocky. Yep. Uh, let's dive into it, shall we? It's UFC 298 going down. Uh, 
once again from California, Anaheim, California, the Honda Center. Um, February the 17th is when it happens. Uh, we were talking about the pay-per-view portion, which starts at 10 p.m. Eastern, top five fights on the night. Uh, one of the rare pay-per-views where you see only has one title fight on it, but pretty much the main card is all all solid fights uh nonetheless whether there is a belt on the line or not and we're starting things off with a middleweight fight normally you'd be like oh a middleweight fight but this one this one's all right it's got a short notice guy yeah. in it so it makes it makes it a little less all right um it would be anthony hernandez from the united states versus roman kapilov from russia so classic usa versus russia rival rivalry we're going to start with kapilov first 12 and 2 with 11 knockouts we know uh, how this man gets the job done. He's been submitted one time. This, he's taking this fight on short notice. Four and two in the UFC. He's won four straight fights, all via knockout or TKO. He's not lost since October of 2021. He's got multiple regional championships on his mantle. Correct. Get the shirt. The one I'm wearing right now. Sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash store. Not my exact one. Well, maybe we can do a raffle and I'll give away my clothes. I'm sure that, that'll get a lot of people um, getting involved. Uh, he used to fight at light heavyweight copy love. Uh, more active landing strikes than Hernandez. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by 0.61 strikes per minute, plus 210. Fluffy Hernandez, another one of the classic nicknames. Have we did? Was he on your podcast talking about his nickname, Gumby? I have once upon right. a time talked to him about his nickname. If you want the insight, it was largely that he used to be a big fat guy, uh, and, people <laughs> said, and people said he looked like the comedian Gabriel Iglesias. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. So he used yeah. to get a. Yeah, he used to get a lot of jokes about that. And then when he lost the weight, uh, he kept the nickname because it was like nice motivation and stuff. Yeah. He's a great interview too. He like cusses a ton, which is maybe maybe slightly surprising based on his demeanor. But like, uh, yeah, yeah, he's he's a good time. Most um, people don't want people, their interviewee, um, cussing but gummy. Yeah. leans right into it. <laughs> yeah. Nessa Demopoulos, come on down. Nessa Demopoulos rules. <laughs> she didn't really do it last time he interviewed her, though. She was kind of more. It was a chill. little bit of a letdown. Yeah, it was a little bit of a letdown. Hey, she's got another. She got a fight booked, so hopefully we'll we'll hear her cussing again yeah, soon. I'll see, if I can, uh, I'll see if I can get her in the horn. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that was this is Fluffy Hernandez. We were, we were talking about before. I derailed things like usual. He's eleven and two with one no contest. Two knockouts, seven submissions. He's been knocked out once, submitted once. So he's been finishing all his losses. Five and two in the UFC. He's won four straight fights. The last two via finish. He won on the contender series, but then got it changed to no contest for weed. Do you remember who he beat, Gumby? One of our favorites. One of your favorites. One of your very, maybe one of your top three favorite fighters. Jordan Williams? Yes, Jordan Wright. <laughs> You're oh, no, Jordan Wright, not Jordan Williams. Jordan Wright. I had Jordan Williams. Jordan Wright, Jordan Wright. Oh, I used to rag on Jordan Williams a lot, too. Yes. Uh, also a middleweight. Yeah. I think Jordan Williams, you, you just would mention people beating him, but Jordan Wright, you actually hate. Yeah, I really, that's a Beverly Hills ninja, <laughs> and I'm really glad he's not around anymore. <laughs> it is. All right, Hernandez, regional champion, 2014 Pro MMA debut, two years younger than Kopilov. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by almost a strike of many. He's at plus nine, seven. Better grappling stats than Kapilov, minus 220. All right, I kick off the main card usually. Um, I'd rather you kick it off, but I'm going to do it anyhow. Um, short notice, I guess, is going to be the deciding factor. I'm going with Hernandez. Not a big fan of the odds here because this is basically a striker grappler, and going with long odds on a grappler doesn't feel so hot. Um, but Hernandez is pretty pretty tough, doesn't really get himself finished very often. So, um, And I think he's a better fighter than Kopulov, five better but fought better people as well. So give me Hernandez, but I, like I'm wary of the line. 
I'm going Kapilov. Uh, what did you, you say we were See, getting on the line? On wary Kapilov. on purpose. Like, Plus 210. Was, yeah, 210 on Kapilov for me is just too much. And the, the big piece for me is just like Anthony Hernandez shoots a ton of takedowns, which on one hand, like some people love that, right? Like you see a ton of takedowns and you're like, oh, you know, like that's great. He scores a lot of takedowns. But that also typically means that he's not all that great at holding people down. Like I'll yeah. say that about Marab Dvalishvili, who we'll talk about later on in the show. He's not yeah. great at keeping people on the ground. There's a reason he's got like 80 takedowns a fight. And it's not because he's great at holding people down. It's because they get back up and he puts them back down. And with yeah. Anthony Hernandez, there, there's a couple of problems with that. First of all, Kapilov, not easy to take down. His takedown defense, I think I saw was up at like 94% in the first place. And then in the second point, like if you can't keep him down, he works the body exceptionally well. So if you're wasting a ton of energy trying to get him down, starting to fail, Kapilov throws that left kick to the ribs or just below the ribs. And he, dude, he crumples people. He he does absolute damage to the body. And for me, I, I just think that's too much for Anthony Hernandez, especially at this kind of line. I don't know that Anthony Hernandez will be able to survive what's going on in the feet there. You know, he's obviously talented and has fought high-level guys. But Kapilov, after those two fights that he, he kicked off his UFC career with, where he looked putrid, and I was surprised they gave him a third shot, has looked like a different guy out there. Granted, against much lesser competition than Anthony Hernandez. But, hey, I, I think Kapilov's striking here holds the day. I, t- I totally want to change my pick, Gummy, but I can't. I knew you were going to hear me talk about it and be like, <laughs> I don't really like that. <laughs> well, because I always go with the striker, but anyhow, we'll, we'll see. We shall see come Saturday. All right. Another thing you should see. Actually, you should listen. I know you can watch them on YouTube, I'm sure, as well. But it's the Daytona 500 contest, which is being run on our very own NASCAR Gambling Podcast. Rev up those engines. NASCAR is back. Check out the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. Rod, Villa Gomez, and Cody Zeeb have you covered for all things NASCAR and racing. From trucks to cup, IndyCar to F1, this show gives you the drivers to watch and the most profitable picks for the weekend of racing. Enter their free Daytona 500 contest for a chance to win a $100 SGPN gift card. You can buy cool swag like I'm wearing right now. Uh, for a chance to win, like I said, $100 SGPN gift card and $100 cash. You can buy even more swag. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Daytona. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Daytona. And as per usual, we are brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite fantasy players all season long. NBA, NHL, college basketball, MMA, they got it all. So- and players fantasy stats excuse me and cash in you can win 100 times with some spicy plays gumby you got a spicy play yeah for ufc 298 this weekend uh, i'm gonna take a fight from the prelims let's go with miranda mavericks takedowns uh they got the projection listed at two and a half she's gonna take down andrea lee at least once in every single round she's not a big finisher andrea lee doesn't like to get finished so we're gonna see at least three takedowns there so give me the higher than on two and a half takedowns for miranda maverick all right there you go watch along make your picks and maybe make a little cash over an underdog's mobile app or website underdogfancy.com and when you sign up with the promo code mma sgpn underdog will double your first deposit up to 100 bucks that's underdog fantasy promo code mma sgpn if you use that code and you're in your discord you may uh be able to get even more stuff so just get in the discord and find out if we ever post up about it all right let's go to bantamweights the aforementioned marab de village villi from georgia versus 
Henry Cejudo from the United States of America. Cejudo is the messenger. I don't really care about his messages. Gumby, I don't want to hear his message. How about I'm you? I'm kind of, I'm very done with his messages and also yep. any, any media outlet who starts the article, Henry Cejudo says. <laughs> Henry Cejudo says, Chell Sonnen says, uh, anything like that. I'm, Henry I'm not, Cejudo yeah, says, here's the next contender at light heavyweight. And it's like, yes. How, why would he know that? <laughs> exactly. And did you hear all the coach stuff was just a big prank? He didn't fire his coach. Ha ha ha. Oh, what a the classic. <laughs> yeah, so funny. So, so, so now we're going to have to pick him because he didn't change his camp. Anyhow. Um, 16 and three with eight knockouts is Mr. Cejudo. He's been knocked out once 10 and three in the UFC. He was the UFC double champion flyweight and then bandweight. And then he overplayed his hand. That was the worst career move. Worst career move he's ever done. Overplayed everybody, his hand. Everybody talked about Nanganu fumbling the bag. Henry Cejudo fumbled, oh, yeah. fumbled the bag. That was fumbling no, the bag. It's basically <laughs> his career got ended right there. Him going and sitting on the, on the uh, sidelines for, for years on end. Um, He's yeah, now he's back fighting these monsters and he hasn't been fighting. Um, so yes, like I said, he used to fight at flyweight. He's gone six and one over his last seven, but he did lose his last fight. He's not once since May of 2020. He has he used to have a lot of weight trouble at flyweight, but it's up at Bantamweight, so no issues there. Hopefully, 2013 Pro May debut. He is a gold medalist in wrestling. If you haven't heard, uh, he's at he's outstruck his UFC opponents by 0.78 strikes a minute, he's at plus 180. Marab, the machine, the village Ville, 16-4. Everyone's the. It's like uh, when the strokes came out, everyone put a the in front of their name. So he's the machine versus the messenger. The uh, village Ville is 16-4. Three knockouts, one submission. He's been submitted once. He owes us some finishes, damn it. Nine and two in the UFC. He's won nine straight fights. He's not lost since April of 2018. Uh, regional champion, used to fight at featherweight, 2014 pro on May debut. Silver medalist in Sambo. Two inches of height over Cejudo, four inches reach, four years younger, more active landing strikes, and better grappling stats. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by 2.05 strikes per minute. Most of those on the ground, I'm sure. Minus 200. I'm going to go with Marab Tavashvili. Um, I do want to say I don't like the odds in this fight. Uh, I think they're too wide. Uh, I think I would probably be in on Tavashvili under negative 150 or something like that. But if you look at... Cejudo's fight with Aljamain Sterling, right? The the problem in that fight was, you know, Cejudo doesn't have the gas tank to keep up with these young, strong wrestlers anymore. Uh, his wrestling is now even a touch behind some of these other MMA wrestlers, even though once he was Olympic level. Um, and like Tavalashvili does all of those things. The difference between Tavalashvili and Aljamain Sterling is Tavalashvili isn't quite the striker that Aljamain Sterling is. Um, and also this is not a five-round fight. So the cardio problem is alleviated a little bit. So with all that being said, I you know I think Tavalashvili here is in a slightly worse fight than Aljamain Sterling, and Aljamain Sterling barely won that fight in the first place. So the fact that Tavalashvili is ballooned up to negative two hundred, I I can't really explain why he's up that high. I do think his wrestling probably gets him a very close decision here, um, that he's just going to be in good positions the whole time. But at the same time, like I I can't pick him at that kind of at that kind of price, or I can't lay with it on him at that kind of price because I just don't think he has that kind of advantage over Cejudo. I also can't back Cejudo and can't talk myself into him on dog money with him saying he's going to retire. If he loses, usually once you have one foot out the door, you might as well put the other one out there because that's, that's the MMA game. Uh, and, and I, yeah, I just, I can't get behind Cejudo at this point. No, 
I agree with with both those takes. I think the village civility is tipped into the overrated, probably um, category at this point. Um, there's a lot of hype behind him, um, but yeah, he's he's better than Henry Cejudo at this point uh, of the game. So the village Philly is the pick. All right, moving on to another lightning rod of media attention: Ian Machado, Gary from. Ireland versus Jeff Neal, United States of America. Three five-minute rounds at welterweight. Um, this fight was originally... This was scheduled a while back, though, wasn't it? Yeah, fight, one of those, a fight yeah. and a half ago, I think, because uh, yeah. Jeff Neal was supposed to fight him, and then he was supposed to fight Luke A. Both of those fights fell through for various reasons, and now we're back to square one. There you go. Um, it was meant to be, obviously. All right, I'll tell you about Neal first. Hands with the Z of Steel. 15 and five, nine knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked out once, submitted twice. Seven and three in the UFC, two and one over his last three, two and three over his last five. Lost his last fight via submission. He's missed weight before. Uh, used to fight at middleweight, 2012 pro MMA debut. Inch of reach over Gary. He's been outstruck in the UFC by 0.38 strikes per minute. He's at plus 190. Ian, the future Gary. 13 and 0, seven knockouts, one submission, six and 0 in the UFC, was the Cage Warriors champion. Still struck his UFC opponents by 3.09 strikes per minute. Four inches height over Neil, seven years younger. Better striking stats, more active landing strikes, minus two, two, two. Uh, another step up in competition for Gary. I think he's going to uh, pass this one as well. So uh, give me Ian and Gary. Um, better fighter than Neil. Way younger than Neil. Um, way taller than Neil. He, and Gary seems to be improving with every fight, whether you, you love him or hate him. But uh, in the cage, he's, he seems to be getting better. So give me Ian Machado, Gary. Yeah, and Gary, I'm going to go Gary too. I wanted to pick Jeff Neal because I like Jeff Neal. And, you know, maybe part of me wants to uh, see the fulfilled prophecy of Ian Gary biting off more than he can chew, uh, yeah. especially with the the T-shirt uh, move on Jeff Neal too. But I, the problem is, is that Ian Gary has shown that he is really – really good at fighting from distance and creating range like those are things he's exceptional at and jeff neal has had historic issues with that right like jeff neal let's go back he lost the fight to neil magny and the reason he lost the fight to neil magny is he just couldn't figure out how to work with that range and with his strength when he got inside and i think he's fighting a younger better version of that right here somebody who's better at establishing range who's you know maybe not the wrestler uh neil magny is but like is good enough in the clinch that i'm not worried about jeff neil taking him down repeatedly and you know is a knockout artist on top of all that so yeah i I just think this is a bad matchup for jeff neil i'm not even saying necessarily that i think ian gary is like a substantially better fighter i just think like this is a lot for jeff neil to deal with yep very very true so um yeah gary's a pick love him or hate him like i said um he's kind of living up to the hype at least uh to this point, who knows if, if he can keep it going, though. All right, where we're moving on to. We're moving on to the co-main event. We're flying through this episode with our picks. Uh, this middleweight fight, Robert Whitaker. I want to say Australia, but he's really from New Zealand, correct? Uh, yeah, I think that one's tough because I think he's, like, born yeah. in one of them and moved to the other right, one, yeah. and his family yeah. is, is from the one that he moved to. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. He's from, he's from down, un- down Under. <laughs> just like Canada and the US, we're all it's all it's all just the same, right? Um Robert Whitaker versus Paulo Costa from Brazil. Is this fight actually gonna happen first of all, Gumby? No. Paulo Costa, no. I've got the I've got uh, if you gave me a prop bet and you gave me plus money on no, I would bet the plus money on no. This fight doesn't happen. Actually, yes, you, you were the one that mentioned you don't think it's gonna happen, right? On I don't think other, it's... that other podcast of yours. I don't believe it. 
Even at this point, you don't think it's going to happen? I don't. What would make me think that Paulo Costa is going to make it through a fight week <laughs> against a tough opponent? Because he's yeah. made it through like one fight week in what? How, how many times has he fought in the last, what is it, three years, four years? And like um, the only person he made through fight week on was, you know, Luke Rockhold, who is in some sort of like weird other dimension when it comes to fighters. Yeah. He fought Luke Rockhold uh, August 2022. Uh, he lost He lost to Vittori October 2021. Since then, he's um, pulled out of Ikram, Alis Karav, Hamzat Shemaev fights, and now he's fighting Robert Whittaker. So in, in two years and four months, he's fought one time in two years and four months. And it was only against Luke Rockhold, which like, let's be honest, you give that fight to just about anybody in the top 15 and say, I'm going to pay you to beat the crap out of Luke Rockhold. They take it. Um, And all of them in the top 15 beat him. Uh, So yeah, like, and that's the only fight he's been willing to step in the cage. Now you're telling me he's going to show up and fight Robert Whitaker. Get I don't know, man. I don't believe it. <laughs> uh, we haven't even broken down the fight. Well, yeah, he may have an issue with a bottle of wine again before a fight. Is that what's going to happen? He was I mean, a wine know. guy, right? He's, he has, I will say, he has not been the same fighter since Israel Desanya beat the pants off of him. Well, yeah. um, almost, almost literally beat the pants off of him. Interpret <laughs> that any way you want. <laughs> yes, yes, if you saw the fight. All right, let's break it down. <laughs> I think we've already given away our picks, but let's break it down anyhow. <laughs> Boracina is Costa's nickname, which tell people what it means. Is it the eraser? Yes. Yeah. It is correct. It is. Because I forgot, but yes, that is correct. He's 14 to 2. 11 knockouts, one submission. He's been knocked out once, so he's durable. Uh, one and two in the UFC. He did win his last fight, barely, against Luke Rockwell back in August 2022. He's not lost since October 2021, which, like I said before, helps. If, you, if you're not active, it's easy not to lose. Uh, used to fight at light heavyweight. One and one in the Optimum Fighter. Multiple championships on his mantle. Correct. Get that shirt. The one I'm wearing. Sportscamerpockets.com slash store. 2012 Pro MMA debut. An inch of height over Whitaker. More active landing strikes. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by 0.12 strikes per minute. He's at plus 205. Whitaker, the Reaper, a.k.a. Bobby Knuckles. 24 and 7. Nine knockouts. Five submissions. He's been knocked out three times. Submitted once. 15 and 5 in the UFC. Used to be the champion of the world. Lost win, lost for his last three. Got TKO'd in his last fight by the current champ. Four and two in the uh, over his last six, but he's lost to the current champ and the former champ, where ours two losses there. He used to fight at welterweight, two and zero oh in the ultimate fighter, and the champion of the season he was on was a regional champion as well. Two thousand nine pro MMA debut, wrestling champion as well. He's a champion all around. Uh, Ninja reach over Costa, better grappling stats, and he has outstruck his UFC opponents for one point zero eight strikes per minute, minus two fifty. A big hefty line on Bobby Knuckles here. Go ahead. Yeah, and I think it could be heftier. Um, I, I don't think it's the worst number to throw in a parlay. Like, you know, like you're, I'm looking at Rob Devalishvili's number at negative 200. I think Robert Whitaker is a better number to put in your parlay because like, look, he has lost to Dreykus Duplices. He has lost to Israel Adesanya. Is Paulo Costa even in the same conversation as those two people at this stage in his career? And for everybody saying that, oh, you know, Robert Whitaker, his head's been jumbled around a little bit. I might be a little bit more hesitant to pick him. I might be a little bit more hesitant to pick him. But if it was against somebody who has, like, also been active and looked good, you know, he's fought one time. In, in the last, what would you say? It was 28 months. He's fought one yeah, time like that. and it was against trash competition. You know, no offense to Luke Rockhold and his title run, but like Luke Rockhold <laughs> now where he is currently 
is not good competition. So like Paulo Costa is not fighting anybody. He's spending all day making memes and Robert Whitaker <laughs> for all intents and purposes is like still an elite middleweight. Yes, he did have trouble with two of the best, but like as long as he avoids the big hand from Paulo Costa, Costa is going to be exhausted in the second round because he was even against Whitaker. So yeah, give me Robert Whitaker here. And I think there's value on using him in the parlay. Yeah, there you go. Um, obviously Whitaker is my pick as well. This is a good bounce back fight for him to get a win. Oh, if it happens, what we're saying, it doesn't happen. Do you like the no. line though? Isn't the I line do, I, I don't think it's bad. Like, I, I, again, you know, I think we both said here, we're not the type to, you know, run to the books for a negative 250 or negative 300 money yeah. line. But like, if you're trying to, you know, squeeze some value out of them and throwing them in a parlay again, like you could do worse than finding a, a 250 on Whitaker. You know, like I said, negative 200 on Devalish really doesn't tempt me anymore. Um you know, like if you wanted to pair Whitaker and, and Ian Gary together, you'd get almost close to even money on that one. And it certainly would feel very safe, in my opinion. All right. Safu or just safe? <laughs> <laughs> no comment. No comment. <laughs> All right. Well, I haven't heard that for a while, though, right? No, it's, that been, it's, while, been a, though. it's been a minute. <laughs> probably probably right. show up again this weekend. <laughs> yes. We'll have some Safu bets this weekend. All right. Hall of Fame bets. Let me tell you about them. Win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame bets, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NBA and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay ID in the Hall of Fame bets revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame bets. To craft more intelligent, data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching and start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. All right. Main event. Main event time. Our one title fight of the night is another Australian featherweight champion, Alexander Volkanovsky, versus another Georgian. He's German, Georgian, and... Spanish. Spanish, yes. Um... I don't know if he has passports for all three countries. Probably he does. Um, Ilya Tapuria would be the man's name. And that would be the challenger. And he also goes by El Matador. I have no idea what that means. Any idea? The Matador. No. Oh, never even thought of that. Uh, he's 14-0, Mr. Tapuria. Four knockouts, eight submissions. 6-0 in the UFC. Used uh, used to fight down at Bantamweight, up at Lightweight. Was missing, did miss weight at Bantamweight, so he's probably in the right, right weight class now. Was a regional champion, an inch of height over Volkanovski, nine years younger. That's a big deal, especially at a lighter weight class. Uh, better grappling stats. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by 1.39 strikes per minute. He's at plus 110. Alexander the Great Volkanovski, 26 and 3, 13 knockouts, three submissions. He's been knocked out twice, 13 and 2 in the UFC. He is the champion of the world at Featherweight. He's successfully defended his title five times already. Lost win loss over his last three. He got knocked out in his last fight. But the two losses are to Islam Makashev, upper weight class at lightweight. And the last fight was on short notice. Seems like I'm uh, making excuses for him. But it it be true. Uh, he also used to fight at welterweight. Did you hear that he used to be over 200 pounds, Gumby? I, I do know that. Yeah, we know <laughs> about heard of that? Rug, rugby vote. Yes. Um, multiple two championships on his. Mantle. Correct. Get the shirt. Sportsgamepodcast.com slash store. 
and the hat. I'm wearing a, a hat from them too. Uh, 2012 Pro MMA debut. One knows a pro boxer. Two inches reach over Tapuria. More active landing strikes as I go through puberty with, with my voice here. Uh, positive in the strike differential category. 2.77. He outstrikes his opponents per minute. So about three strikes per minute he lands over his opponents. And he's at minus 120. Great line for Volkanovski. You're not going to see lines like this for him. Um well, maybe we'll see actually uh, in the future uh, as as he slides down a bit, but I don't think he's sliding down at featherweight yet. I think Tapuri is being hyped up a little too much here. We've actually talked about this on on past episodes. Um, Tapuri, a good fighter, hasn't really proved himself against anyone really good, and Volkanovski's better than really good. He's probably the best featherweight ever. So um, until I see slippage at featherweight, which I have not seen from Volkanovski, he's my pick, and I will gladly take him at minus one twenty. Yeah, and, and I'm taking Volkanovski here. My, my biggest issue with Taporia in this fight is, yes, he's got the, the knockout power, and he's shown he could go five rounds because um, he went five rounds against Josh Emmett, which I, maybe that's not a good thing. Um, yeah. But, but, <laughs> but I'll also say this. like He went five rounds, and his cardio looked good even into the fifth round against Josh Emmett, but I feel like that's kind of like because he rendered Josh Emmett you know, irrelevant by that point of the fight, right? Josh Emmett was barely fighting back by the fourth or fifth round. Um, and that's just not going to be the case with Volkanovsky. You're not going to break his wheel. You're not going to break him down. Yes, one person has landed a big, crazy knockout punch. But, like, look at the pace that he fought Makashev at the first time they fought, when he went through a full fight camp. And I also think that's the other thing that's pulling this number down on Volkanovsky is everybody saying, Oh, you know, he just got knocked out and he looked terrible and he's on the wrong end of 35. Uh, and I just don't think that, I just don't think you're going to run into a guy like Volkanovsky in a full training camp and outthink him or outwork him. I think it's impossible because I think Volkanovsky is the greatest game planner, maybe in the history of the UFC. I don't think anybody has ever put together better game plans than him constantly outside of maybe GSP. Right, like GSP would show up every single fight with a new little wrinkle, like when he decided to jab Josh Koscheck's eye back into the the center of his skull, and like that was the type of thing that GSP did. And Volkanovski reminds me just of that. Like he will have you studied so well, he will know the wrinkle he's about to exploit, and he will have a way to, to do it that you wouldn't expect. And apart from the fight with Islam Makachev that he didn't get to prepare for, he's like that way every time. So. Yeah, I, I like Volkanovski. I think his game planning is too good. I think his cardio is too good. I think the way he, you know, controls the cage is too good. And I don't know that Taporia has got the wrestling to like force him to fight where he doesn't want to fight. So yeah, give me Volkanovski. Yeah, he is right up there. Uh, fight IQ is right up there with GSP among the best of all time. So not just game plan, but also you know changing things in the cage if if need be. So. Uh, Alexander the Great lives up to the nickname, hopefully, this weekend for us. All right, let's recap, um, but don't go anywhere. We got our fancy plays coming up. Uh, we both have Volkanovski, both have Winokur. Uh, we both have Gary, both have Devilishvili. I have Fluffy Hernandez. He has Roman Kapilov. All right, locks, dogs, props, a two-fight parlay. We're, you're going to get all that rammed into your ears and eye holes and or eye holes now. Uh, Gumby, kick things off with your lock, please. I'm going to Mandalemos. Uh, this is a uh, 
fight where not only I think she's the much better fighter, but also just I can't believe the line is where it is. Uh, when I saw these two were going to fight, I had her negative 200 or higher um, and was like, yeah, maybe you'd start to lose value around negative 225, 250. And here she is basically a pick em, or, or damn near close to it. Negative 130 is an insane number for her. So, yeah, give me a minute, Lemos. I am taking Amanda Lemos as my lock as well. So I was thinking about Volkanovski too, uh, but Lemos is the one I'm going with. So boring, but we're we're pretty confident with that one. Yeah, and you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to steal my dog. So I feel better about okay. this one. Yeah, I don't I'm have gonna, too many dogs this week. So yeah, I think there's only one on the whole card we agreed on. Um, yeah, maybe maybe oh yeah, just one on the whole card we agreed on. So that's not, and I'm not picking that one. I'm going Roman Kopilov. Uh, I think his striking is going to be way too much for Alexander Hernandez, and I don't think Hernandez is going to get him down enough. So give me Roman Kopilov, uh, plus right. 210. I am not mad about that pick, though. Uh, that's one I, I am definitely uh, definitely would consider. Uh, as for my prop pick. You didn't pick a dog yet, man. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, my dog. Yeah, right. I was thinking, wait a minute. Justin Toffa, bad man. Plus I already had that. I had that written down on my notebook already for you. Oh, you knew said, it. It already you said Tafa. Yeah. Um, all Bad right. man is the pick. Yeah. So I'm gonna go to my prop now before you jump the gun on me again. Uh, I'm gonna take a prop that I know you don't like too. Uh, I'm gonna take Zhang <laughs> Ming Yang. Uh, Zhang Ming Yang by knockout. Uh, I was absolutely impressed with this fight with George Tokos, uh, and I think his hands are good enough to uh, knock out Hibiero here. So. Uh, Zhang Ming Yang, he's coming off at plus 170 on the knockout. So I, I like that number. All right. Uh, my prop that I was dying to get to Miranda Maverick winning via decision over, um, over that girl, Andrew Lee. Um, neither, uh, women get finished very often. I think Maverick's going to go decision with her, grind out a win plus 108. So pretty decent number there. So, uh, we'll have Lamos as our locks. Kopilov, Toff as our dogs. Zhang via chaos. Or what was the number on that one? Uh, plus 170. Plus 170. Forgot to type that in. All right. And then Maverick decision plus 108. All right. Hunger Man Jong, Super Fan Parlay, two fight parlay. Gumby, what you got for us? So I'm going to double dip on our lock a little bit. I'm going to take Amanda Lemos uh, against Mackenzie Dern. But in order to spice it up a little bit, I'm going to say decision uh, for Amanda Lemos. So hear me out on this one. Not that it's impossible to knock out Mackenzie Dern, but I think. Lemos might be suckered into uh, some grappling exchanges. I think she'll be safe enough in those or she'll be up against the cage in those. But I think she's going to win every single bit of the striking. So if Dern just survives 15 minutes, which I kind of think she's going to do, this goes to decision. And you can get Amanda Lemos by decision at plus 275, uh, which I thought was a pretty high number. Obviously, the books seem to think she's going to get the knockout here instead. Uh, but I, I like her to get the uh, the decision. Now, the person I am going to take on the knockout is Ian Gary. Uh, I, I know that he had a little bit tougher of a time knocking out, what was it, Neil Magny, who he just like wouldn't put the foot on the gas and put him away. Uh, and I think the books are forgetting that he can knock just about anybody out at any time. Um, and, and I think Jeff Neal is probably the type of guy who's going to walk into something big from him. So I immediately was like looking for Ian Gary props on, on his knockout to see if they were out there. Um, for like my prop of the week because I thought they'd be down around plus 100. Do you want to guess what Ian Gary by knockout is is currently listed at? Ian Gary by knockout, um, plus 300. 
315. Yeah, I, I thought oh, it would be. Okay, way, there you way, go. Yeah. Look at you. I thought it would be way lower than that. So you pair the 275 you're getting on Lemosh, the 315 you're getting on the Gary KO, and you're going to get plus 1456. Whoa, plus 1456. Very good number. Uh, almost 15 times your money. All right, Lemos decision, Gary knockout. Um, are the picks. Yeah, I like the Lemos decision. Dern doesn't get finished in fights. She is very tough. She might get hit a lot on the feet. But, um, it's probably going to be ugly. Like if it's a KO, yeah. I almost guess standing KO. Um, yeah. Like like Dern will still be on her feet, but not really there. Um, yeah. and, and I think as long as you get a completely negligent referee in there, which we're we're usually going to get, yep. uh, I think I think we'll be fine. <laughs> Most of the refs they want death and uh, at least a lot of blood. So, yeah. all right, um, that is the show. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Um, we're going to be back Sunday to recap and count our money. And then Monday with the regional show LFA, I believe this week, right? Yeah. LFA 177 is coming your way from the Seneca, uh, resort right. and casino. Yes. Gumby just Gumby went on a romantic date to the fight there last time he <laughs> ran there. Didn't you? <laughs> I did. The anniversary weekend <laughs> may have the same exact guy in the main event this time. <laughs> really? Fantastic. Yeah. All right, we'll be talking about that on Monday. But uh, in the meantime, Discord, sportsgumbypodcast.com slash Discord, uh, SGP and MMA, at Gumby Reeland, at Jeff Fox Writer. That's the Twitter handles. I'm Jeff Fox Writer on Instagram. You can get into my Substack and at the very least, make some free pick and plays for this weekend's UFC pay-per-view and win yourself some swag um, from Alexander the Great's company, uh, the company he is affiliated with. That would be moneymma.substack.com. Gumby's got Top Turtle MMA Podcast. A couple of great interviews this week. Tell the people about it. Uh, we're talking with Danny Barlow, uh, who's fighting on these prelims, and then Shannon Clark, who's going to be fighting for a title at the aforementioned LFA 177. There you go. So listen to that. And then sportsgamblingpodcast.com, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash store. All right, Gumby. Bid farewell. All right, I'm Dana Gibby Freeland. He's Jeff Fluffy Fox, and we will see you on Sunday.